Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. creating and performing our music. Good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts. I'm Alistair Cross and I'm here with my co-host and collaborator, the diva of darkness herself, Tamara Thorne. How are you, Tamara? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> that intro cracks me up every time you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's like really we have been we talking have all day. Other. I know, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. But all right. So uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, before we get started, I just need to tell you, uh, you can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, you can find us at at tamarthorn or at crossalister. You can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. If you're listening online, please click the follow button. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. Before we introduce tonight's guest, I'm going to turn it back over to Tamara, who's going to tell you the latest news in the Thorn and Cross universe. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Well, we're having a summer sale. For the entire month of July, Alistair's The Angel, Angel Alejandro and My Moonfall will be 50% off an ebook on Amazon. The Angel Alejandro is about angels and demons, and Moonfall is all about evil nuns. But the books have a lot more in common than that. The Debonair Devil, Remory Jones, and The Angel Alejandro hails from Moonfall, the land of nasty nunneries. Nothing but horror, gore, and ghoulish good times can be can come of this unholy union. So from the 1st to the 31st, the Angel Alejandro and Moonfall are half off, so you can get both books for the price of one, and we highly recommend that. So now here's Alistair back again. All right. Also, very quickly, I want to remind everybody that the second installment of the Ravencrest saga, Exorcism, which is a serialized uh, gothic horror series that we have, is out. The second installment is out. It is called Incubus, and it is on Amazon now. Um, And that's all we have. So now let's talk about who we have on the show. Tonight Mm -hmm. we are joined by Kevin McQueen. Kevin McQueen was born in Richmond, Kentucky. He is an instructor in the Department of English at Eastern Kentucky University and the author of 17 books on topics such as the supernatural, biography, natural disasters, historical true crime, and what he likes to call real-life surrealism. 
We're going to be talking to him about his books, his experiences, and ghosts, and all kinds of good times. So without further ado, welcome everyone, Kevin McQueen. How are you, Kevin? I'm yeah. fine. How are you guys? We're good. Good, good. We're good. Yeah. And- yeah, I, I saw great. in another bio of yours that you spend your free time perfecting your vocal impersonation of the cartoon character Droopy. Are yes, you willing true. to show us? Can oh, we do you hear? want me to do one for you? Yeah, yeah, please. Yes. All right, well, stand back and brace yourself. Okay. You know, well, you happy people. You know what? I'm happy. <laughs> Never fails to get a laugh in class. Oh, oh I love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Tell everybody Did in you your droopy voice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah tell, mm-hmm. tell everybody in your droopy voice that they're listening to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. Oh, God. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, we're fans. <laughs> That's fantastic. Everybody oh, loves if him. Only we need... yeah, he's great. Wow. Yeah, that's a good time. So, <laughs> a lot of my younger students have no idea who that is, but once you do the voice, then they know. They know, sure. yeah. <laughs> so, last time you were on, you talked about true crime. We talked a lot about the X-Men in New Orleans and all kinds of things like that, but you wear many hats. And another one is your paranormal hat, and you research ghost stories and often with true crime attached to them. Tell us how you got interested in that. Well, um, I've had a lifelong interest in ghosts. I'm sorry to say that I've never seen one, but I used to work in a place where I had some pretty interesting encounters, not of the visual sort. Uh huh. And that place was a mansion called Whitehall, which is about 10 miles or so from Richmond, Kentucky, and it was a 44-room mansion built by Cassius Mm. Clay, a Kentucky emancipationist. And it has a Uh wide reputation for being haunted, and I was a guide there for seven or eight years every summer. Uh, Interesting things happened, and by interesting I mean not just something one person sees, but several people at once, which is always more convincing than simply one person seeing something. Ooh, tell us. Give us an example. Well, uh, in the summer of 1989, before I started working there, apparently uh, one guide and a group of several people saw a woman walking through a guide rope into a second-floor bedroom. There's one particular place in the house where people see things. Uh And I remember one of my friends who worked there heard the sound of a music box one day, and two people on his group also heard it. And we don't have any music boxes in the house. Wow. Creepy. Yeah, creepy and crawly and wonderful. Any poltergeist phenomena? Not really. Not really furniture being moved, although we, we would often hear the usual sounds of furniture being dragged and that sort of thing. Uh, doors opening that, and closing. Uh-huh. We but would they didn't smell really open and and perfume and candles Ooh. burning, and of course, no candles are permitted in the house. Yeah. And the doors People didn't heard really violin open and close. Music. Just... Oh, Ooh, wow. Nice. Yeah. 
So when you heard the doors open and close, I've had some experience with that. They didn't really open and close, right? You just had the sound. Yeah, you just hear it, but then you'd go and there wouldn't be anything. Yeah. I didn't get, really get to experience very much personally, but there was one day where one of the custodians and I were sitting in the room where the guides would hang out between tours, and we heard this uh-huh. terribly loud banging sound coming up from the vents. and It sounded just like somebody hitting a piece of metal with another piece of metal. And we knew Ooh. it was the room directly below us, so we both ran down there within seconds, and there was nothing there, nothing out of place. Uh-huh. So that was one thing I personally did here. Most of the other guides got to witness more things than I did, but, you know, they say some people are more sensitive to it than others. Yeah. Yeah, well, did you find any cold spots or anything like that? No, we never really had anything like that. Uh, We did hear a lot of voices, though. Oh, wow. And male voices, female voices. Uh always indistinct. You could tell someone was speaking, but you could never really tell what they were saying. And the most interesting experience that I personally had there involved voices. And it was an interesting thing to me because uh, I wasn't thinking about ghosts. We had some guys Mm -hmm. there who saw ghosts every time they went to work. So we quickly learned, you know, to kind of discount (laughs) the things they were saying. But then we had other guides and uh, tourists who were not expecting anything. And we found mm-hmm. their stories more convincing. And there was one room that was sort of a split-level room in between floors, and we had a large group coming in that day. And whenever we did that, we would station a guide on each floor so one guide wouldn't have to show the entire place. And that day it was my turn to show the third floor. So I was standing in this um split level room between the second and third floor and on the third floor there was a room called the history room which just had photographs and memorabilia of the clay family and while i was standing there i could very distinctly hear a woman speaking in a very low voice kind of like a guide saying you know feel free to look around the room that sort of thing but i couldn't really tell what the voice was saying there were a few Mm -hmm. muttered voices and um Then it was deathly quiet, and minute after minute passed, and no one came out of the room, and we had a large group coming. So finally I said, I'd better go in there and tell them to hurry downstairs, because pretty soon we're going to have a huge group. And I went into the room, and it was completely empty. Wow. That was the thing that really kind of convinced me. And there was no way anybody could have left the third floor, because I was standing in between the floors and the only place where you could actually leave the third floor. So anybody leaving would have had to walk right past me. Wow. Right. Those are great stories. I'm curious how you got into all how you got into this. I mean, it it, it did did you have a, a personal experiences that led to your interest in in this or is it something that you uh just we're interested in because it's interesting. I'm, I was always interested in it, even as a small child, but never really had any experiences personally until I started working at Whitehall. Did they even did then? I'm kind of jealous because oh. other people there actually did get to see and hear lots of things, and I never did. But I saw enough to really make me think something was going on. 
Yeah, there's um, definitely things that you can't, you know, there are no explanations for at this point. It's fascinating. So is what did you, uh, did, did anybody ever try to get recordings or anything like that? That you know of? I don't think so. Uh, we always talked about it, but we never actually did it. We kept saying, well, we'll just get one of those voice-activated tape recorders and we'll leave it on all night. Uh, we never did. I wish we had. Yeah. I do know of one time when one of the former guides, this would have been back in the 1980s, I think, and a couple of other women who worked there decided to stay the night just to see if anything would happen, and they heard the sound of violin music coming from downstairs. Ooh. They went yeah, down and looked, that... and of course, there was nothing there. Uh-huh. Wow. I love it. <laughs> I always wonder so, if, and you guys tell me what you think, I'm, I always wonder if, like, in two, three, four hundred years from now, there will be explanations for all this stuff, and you know, people look back and be like, "Wow, they were so stupid in the 2000s." You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. You know, seriously, because if you think about it, there's so much stuff that we can explain now that hundreds of years ago were so you know absurd that people got laughed at. And I always think that True. probably in a few hundred years from now, people will be like, "They thought it was ghosts." Can you believe how dumb they were? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, Problem, well, I think course, there will always be. There's always going to be mysteries, no matter how many things we do figure out. Sure. That, that makes me I happy. So. The more we yeah. find out, the more we realize we don't know it all. There's always something exactly. we're not going to know. Yes, that's right. what makes life worth living, as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of these Very strange cool. things are really things you can't test in laboratories. They're not things that are repeatable. They're just strictly personal experience things. And it would be very hard to test them, explain them, and analyze them. Right. It would. So now, as as an author of all these books, do you get a lot of mail and, you know, emails from people telling you their experiences? And uh, do you find that uh, most people have had uh, what we would call paranormal experiences? Well, I guess. I get a lot of mail. Most of it's not really about the the paranormal parts of my books, but more like about the historical true crime parts. I did get a very interesting email, though, from someone who had been to Whitehall and had very recent experiences there. Oh. Yeah, pretty much the same things we always witness, voices coming from no place. Wow, I would love to see this place. Oh, it's great. I mean, haunted or not, it's a wonderful historical place to look at. Yeah, haunted makes it better yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Well, so if you'd uh, like more yeah, details right. about it, I've written about it in a book called Kentucky Book of the Dead. And the first oh, book I fair. ever wrote was a biography of Cassius Clay. And you can read a lot more about him there yeah. with pictures. And that's something new. You know, I, I to me, Cassius Clay was the... the fighter who changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Yeah, so um, he was named after turned, someone. Oh, yeah. yeah, he actually was named after this Cassius Clay. Oh. Yeah, Muhammad Ali is from Louisville, so he also is from Kentucky. Oh, I had no idea. Fascinating. Yeah, people used to come through all the time asking, so what's the connection? And we'd say, well, he was actually named after Cassius Clay, the emancipationist. Oh, that's very oh, wow. cool. 
So what's the scariest encounter you've ever had? Um, I can't think of anything ever happened to me that was really, really scary. Uh-huh. I went with some people to Waverly Hills a couple times. Oh, and it's I've a heard very about unnerving place. I can't say anything there was really terrifying, but just really unbelievably spooky place. Ghosts or no ghosts, it's just uh, there's something about an abandoned hospital that's highly disturbing. Right. <laughs> there yeah. were so many people around at the time, I don't really know that anything was there or that anything would have come out if it was there. But it would be great to have a private tour there with a lot fewer Wouldn't people. It? Yeah, we we have one here called Whaley House. And, uh, when oh, it's, right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of tours. And you know, sometimes you hear some odd stuff. But there's so many people in there. But I've been in there with just a small group of, you know, like five of us at, late at night. And it gets far more interesting at that point. And it, it does Did different things happen? than when the tourists are there. Um, we heard all kinds of things. And there there was some odd phenomena in the dining room area that just – I was holding a pair of dowsing rods just goofing off because I don't really believe anything. I just, well, that'll be interesting. And um, it's kind of like a pendulum. And I started going crazy two different directions. And I was just laughing like a fool. It was tickling me so wow. much. And the other people came in and were, ooh, you know. So I don't know what that was. <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting. And I think these things, like the Waverly Hills, those are negative places where bad things happen. And you go someplace where good things have happened, like an old amusement park or, you know, pier or whatever you have, and they feel completely old theater. They feel different. It's like old perfume left in your grandma's attic, you know, in a trunk. You open it up and it can be really pleasant. I guess that's not really a haunting as much as just a memory. But I love that stuff. Well, that is a very interesting yeah. point, though. It- it really does seem like some places really generate a terrible feeling and some places don't. Yeah, some generate nice feelings. And I think most are kind of neutral. But going in, the, the people I go ghosting with generally won't go in old prisons or uh, asylums because right. they old tell hospital. me they, right, they don't like the stuff that sticks to them. And I don't know, nothing seems to stick to me, so I don't care. But it's interesting. Uh, but I'm never sure it's real. So it, I think I'm safer because I'm not sure it's real. Is that how you feel, or you just know it's something there? Well, I think sometimes, or at least based on what some people have told me, they would know at the time that something very unusual was happening. Um, in the few cases that I've actually experienced something myself, it seemed to take a while to sink in. Yeah. And then I would say, whoa, that was really strange. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Have you ever, when you're doing your um, true crime, have, how, how often do you end up with a haunting that goes with a true crime? Not very often. But I feel if you can work in a haunting and a true crime, that's that's really great. It's combining two of the very best things you can put into a story. Oh, yeah. What yeah. Which do you prefer writing about? Would you rather do hauntings or do you prefer writing about true crime? 
it seems like I have more of the historical true crime, but I always have a soft spot for ghost stories. Mm. I usually write mine up in sort of a comical way. I usually play my ghost stories for laughs, but I do have a few that I think are kind of scary. Oh, yeah. Yes, you're teasing us. Oh. Oh, an example. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm a little slow. Um, The same book that I mentioned, Kentucky Book of the Dead, there's a story that I consider Uh one of the more disturbing ones, and uh, it's also about a house in Richmond, the location of which I promised I wouldn't divulge. Um, But it was a really, really eerie story that they told me. I met the family who lived there as far back as 1983, and then I lost track of them. And about 20 years later, I got to meet up with them again, by which time they'd moved out of the house. Uh, But the basic Mm -hmm. story is, is they moved into the house, and immediately furniture started rearranging itself. And the electrical devices would suddenly take on a mind of its own. And one night the homeowner woke up and saw a woman standing at the foot of the bed. And to say that she's scary looking would really, really be an understatement. In the book, I actually have a photograph of of a painting of her, and you can see what she looks like. Very, I can't even describe her, but she she spoke in a very deep, hoarse, man-like voice, and it was unintelligible. She said something he said about looking for a picture and going to a funeral. Then she disappeared, and um, he told his wife about it the next day, and she didn't believe him. Uh And about three, Uh four months later, he was up in the third-floor attic just, looking at all the things people left behind, and suddenly he was looking at that face again. And he almost had a heart attack on the spot until he realized he was looking at a painting. Wow. So he pulled it out and cleaned up the painting and had it framed. And what Mm -hmm. makes the story very interesting to me is that he saw the ghost before he saw the painting. If he saw the uh-huh. painting first and then he saw the ghost, you could always say, okay, he saw this scary-looking woman and she got into, into his subconscious and he had a nightmare about her. But right. no, it was actually wow. the reverse. That's amazing. Wow. And I love it. His wife never did see it, <laughs> although they lived in the uh-huh. house for years. It was a strange thing. The ghost apparently would only appear to two men. Because he saw it, his wife's father saw it, their son saw it. I was only able to find one account of a woman seeing this ghost. Uh huh. That's interesting. Wow. Wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like some of the women on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she lived on the third floor. Well, lived, I guess, is the wrong word. The ghost stayed on the third floor. Uh-huh. And eventually he developed such a rapport with it that he could actually tell when she was there. Wow. And some of the guests That's... at his house saw the sideboard drawers opening and closing on their own. So, again, Ooh. things like that are very interesting to me because it isn't just one person it seeing it. It's a whole crowd of people seeing it, which is yeah, a lot harder to explain. It really is. and. The poltergeist stuff happens so frequently too. It's still it's just thrilling anyway. But 
I think it's fascinating. It is. Yeah. Now, in your books, you have a lot of yeah. stories about different cases and different uh, happenings. And, you know, like within the books are, are you know, a lot of uh, little stories. Is there is there a story that you've heard over, you know, over the years that you've been doing this, is there a particular story that, that really stands out to you that you are especially uh, intrigued by? Off the top of my head, I can't think of one, but if you take all the books together, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories in them of varying lengths. And it's sort of hard wow. to pick one. Later tonight, I'm sure I'll think of one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. What's You've got say a lot of all books. great. They're all equally they, great. And, and yeah, you look for I, stories. Yeah, I'm loving it. Like, yeah. We were talking about Creepy California before the show, and you look for stories that haven't been reported on a hundred times, which makes your books really intriguing. Well, thank you. Yeah, so much I take pride in that. They try to do stories that have not been reported endlessly. So the ghost chapter in that book is pretty short, but that's because so many California ghost stories have already been told and retold and retold and retold, at least all the very best ones. And I was looking nah, for things that have already you. been told so nah. much. I'll send you one right. that is unique. Oh, okay. You'd like, so. okay. I'd love to. Yeah. Okay. For your next bunch of them. Um, so tell us, uh, how many books do you have out? looks like hundreds. <laughs> Actually, I've sort of lost count. It's 17, I think, including the next one. Uh-huh. Um, I've been writing a series for Indiana University Press that I call the American Gothic series. The first one was a collection of stories from the South. It actually came out through Pelican Publishing, who did my Axeman book. Uh And then came Uh uh, Creepy California, which is all California, horror in the heartland. Last year covers Mm -hmm. the Midwest. And right. in September of this year, I will have one called New England Nightmares from Indiana University Press, which is all New England and northern states. And oh, I've also fun. signed a contract with them so that next year I will have a book about the West. It'll be all the western states except California because it got its own book. Oh, I've right, got a place right. for you. We'll talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, very. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So do you have a favorite if you if someone was to pick up uh, one of your books if someone said, "You know, I want to I want to read one of your books, you know, what should I start with or what what book would you recommend the most that you're the most proud of or that you feel has the most uh, well, fascinating content?" One of my very favorites it's um from uh, Pelican Publishing and it's called Gothic mm-hmm. and Strange True Tales of the South. Mm, I've always been really pleased with that one. And uh, Mm, some of the ones I did for History Press, Arcadia Press, I think are pretty good. Forgotten Tales of Kentucky, Kentucky Book of the Dead, Forgotten Tales of Indiana. So anybody who picked up one of those, if they read one of those and they like it, I think they'd like all of them. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Oh, Southern Gothic is so wonderful. It is. It. So, uh, so, you, know, you know what we ought to do? Yeah. We're, we're just about we're just about out of time. But you know what we ought to do is, um, I don't know, uh, we got to have you back and get some of these stories together and read some of them around Halloween. That would be fun, right? 
Oh, oh that would be. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. let's plan on that. Do it. Yeah, let's do. No, I, but we can do an extra in. show. Yeah. yeah, if you guys have yeah, any we're, contests we're, we're, or anything, we'll I should show. send you a few books and you could uh, have a contest for listeners if you do that sort of thing. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. Let's you do don't, you don't have fun. to send them to us. You can, We can have a contest and you can send them out. It's it's easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that, that would be fun. Good. Yeah, because we're yeah. Yeah. in too. Everything, yeah. All right, well, you yeah. know what? We're going to be in touch and we're going to plan on that because I think that sounds like a lot of fun. So, uh in Definitely. the meantime, uh, yeah, just kind of, it's, it's a ways out, but just kind of start thinking about, you know, some of your favorites, and we'll get them together, and I think it'd be fun. And, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, and okay. before we let you go, though, uh, could you could you uh, tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and your books? Oh, yes, certainly. Uh, you can find me, I have two Facebook pages. One is Kevin McQueen. Remember, my name is spelled K-E-V-E-N. That confuses people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin McQueen is my Facebook author page. Kevin D. McQueen is my Facebook weird comedy page. And also, if they go oh. to KevinMcQueenStories.com, they'll find uh, links okay. to all my books and descriptions of them. You can also find them at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, History Press, Indiana University Press, Pelican Publishing. Uh-huh. Nice. All right then. Very All good. right, so we're gonna plan. We're gonna we're gonna plan a Halloween show with you. So yeah, okay. let's do it. As always, it is a, I love it, it is a pleasure to have you. We're 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 always happy mm-hmm. to have you. This is good stuff. Um, and listeners, if you like ghost stories or true crime or both, check out these books. Very good stuff. Uh, thank you for listening. This is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. The sweet screams. Good evening and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. I'm trying to get the music to play. Here we go. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.